welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy. Welcome to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. So happy to be along with you today. We are really excited to have along with us Rod Moselle, president of Oklahoma Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau is Oklahoma's largest general farm organization, and of course affiliated with the nation's largest farm organization, American Farm Bureau. Rod Moselle represents Oklahoma on the American Farm Bureau Board of Directors and their Council of Presidents. We're talking with Rod today about his experience in leading this general farm organization in recent months during the coronavirus pandemic panic. And on a broader view, his experience of learning all about agriculture in the state of Oklahoma as he's uh, taken on this job as president of this very large general farm organization. Today's Road to Rural Prosperity being powered by the Oklahoma Rural Water Association. Their purpose is to assist water and wastewater systems across the state with day-to-day operational and management problems and to represent these rural water systems at the state capitol. They've been around since 1970. We say thanks to the Oklahoma Rural Water Association and their support of today's podcast. We'll be back with Rod Moselle, president of Oklahoma Farm Bureau, in just a few moments after these messages. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. PSO provides electricity service to more than half a million customers across Oklahoma. Increasing reliance on natural gas and renewable energy is our future. Cleaner, more affordable energy to power our lives. A strong Oklahoma economy boosted by new jobs, increased revenues for rural communities and schools. Together, our energy is boundless. Welcome to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. I'm Ron Hayes. Thank you for being along with us today. And we are very pleased to have along with us Rod Moselle. Uh, we're sitting uh, in, in uh, uh, Rod's business operation, American Plant Services. Uh, Rod, you know, let, let's, let's talk maybe first of all a little bit about uh, this world we live in today, this uh, a world that's colored by covid I guess you might say uh, everything you've done probably in the last uh, five, five, six months has all been about uh, trying to work around or through all of this, right? And it's still ongoing, but yes, it's uh, certainly was not what we had planned at the start of 2020. Uh, we've been in uh, just about every kind of ag operation, every kind of ag organization has been in uh, in and uh, had to go to high flexibility and trying to figure out how to deal with all the disruptions and. And um, we just finished the two days of, of State Farm Bureau board meetings, and, you know, we're still sitting here wrestling with, do you go ahead with August area meetings? Do you not go ahead with August area meetings? Do you have a state convention? Do you mm-hmm. do you proceed with the resolutions process, which is a core of our organization? And, and uh, uh, you know, we've got three board members that uh, are term limiting out this year that we have changed, so we got to have elections. So, you you know, and how do you keep serving members with all the issues that we're facing? And you know, we've had such total disruption in the 
in the beef and pork and chicken markets and and virtually every other ag commodity but those those seem to have had the most dramatic hits what, what was the last in-person board meeting you had march or, or it was march was our last in-person until you, the last two days we met in person the last two days so okay so we we uh and we had a young farmers and ranchers uh mm-hmm. in person this last weekend so but i won't say it hasn't been a nervous experience with you know with the cases kind of going back up and everything you you, you and we and we're blessed to have a lot of members that are very dedicated if we open the doors there's going to be people show up, and so you worry. Uh, kind of like church. Yeah, yeah. So you worry. You, you don't want to be the cause of somebody getting sick and mm-hmm. trending. So it's it's tough decisions, and we're all facing that in our daily lives and our daily operations. So. Well, you know, what what was the mood uh, at the wife and army? Was it? Uh, it looked like the pictures. Everybody was having a great time. Uh, the the folks that were there were just excited. They they told us they were very excited about the programming, uh, and that they were very excited to to get out. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it. People have been so cooped up, and you know we're still social animals. We like to we you know especially those of us in agriculture like being around other agriculturalists. We like exchanging stories and and our successes and our disappointments and learning from one another and. And so the the wife and our group was in a, just a, a really good mood to be together, and everybody was trying to still social distance, but it's 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 just hard when you get people together. Mm-hmm, so. Right. I guess what uh, th- this year, like like most organizations, uh, Oklahoma Farm Bureau has kind of been before. Uh, coronavirus and after coronavirus, what up to sometime in March, and then from there forward, we've we've obviously been all all COVID all, all the time. It seems like, right. and and of course we've we've been consumed in doing lots of webinars and lots of member support things on everything from the PPP programs to the uh, USDA uh, programs, trying to get that information out to members and trying to help members connect them with different resources. Um, you know, we're increasingly worried about the mental health aspects, so we've been trying to step up our mental health training for a lot of folks on our on the Farm Bureau team that deal with folks and trying to know what resources are there to hook people up with. Um, we Before this had started, we had been working with Farm Credit on a dream of starting our Oklahoma Rural Venture Fund. And and so this next week, we're, uh, we're trying to take the next step in that, and we've got uh, some a little over 20 innovative farmers that – Folks had identified around the state from all areas of the state that were getting together to try to figure out if we succeed in putting a fund together to start a rural venture fund like a lot of other states have to, um, you know, whether there's enough deal demand. We're trying to figure out things we can do to turn around rural Oklahoma. So we're, we're trying, in spite of these challenges we, we face, to keep keep on focus on some of the long-term things we want to get done so you know uh this uh, this particular podcast series uh, was all about uh, set set when we set it up last fall was all about trying to uh, to look at excellence in rural oklahoma and how we how we make oklahoma a top 10 state uh, play off of what governor uh, governor sid has been big on uh I, Things like that are really important. I mean, trying to figure out ways to award and, and help people achieve excellence. Yeah, we're we're one of only a couple of states that doesn't have a rural venture fund. There have been some some venture funds out of other states that have invest, invested in rural Oklahoma new startups, but um, and and that alone isn't going to solve the continuing growth we have in urban areas and loss of population in rural areas. But we're we're focusing a lot on rural broadband. Uh, we're focusing a lot on health care more than we would have mm-hmm. a few years ago and then and then trying to 
think about starting a, a venture fund to to help fund new startups in rural Oklahoma. Th- things like that that we can do to reverse to reverse the the long term flow that's going on. And interestingly, the COVID thing, my realtor friends are telling me that the real estate market in Oklahoma, especially outside of the downtown core in the suburban and rural areas, is hot right now. Mm-hmm. People, that there's a lot of folks from New York and California and other urban centers, and a lot of the ones that are coming back maybe have some Oklahoma roots, maybe grew up here, moved away, but a lot of them are saying, hey, with you know, do I really want to be in a big city with these kind of challenges? Uh, is this the time to go home? So uh, they're they're saying that there is... You know, it's too early to know how big of a trend it is, but there seems to be a trend of folks wanting to look back at rural areas. So, you know, we've been on a trend for 10 or 15 years of moving to downtown cores, like in downtown Oklahoma City. Is that trend reversing? Is now people going to be more anxious and moving back to the suburbs and rural areas? And, and if you look at sales tax revenues this last month, the big cities had a big drop where the suburban and some of the rural areas held up pretty good. So. Right. Right. So it you know it's going to be interesting to what all what all happens as we continue to respond to this because I think we got another year and a half or two years of this before mm. that we're going to be living with before there's real good solid vaccine answers or something to deal with it probably and uh, you know that, that's obviously what it's going to take probably to get past all the uh, all the uh, uproar that's going on yeah you know the, the my medical friends tell me that the the only real answer is till we get to the herd immunity which you know, as 60 to 80 percent of us having had coronavirus at some point. And mm-hmm. a lot of folks seem, seem to think that's going to take a year and a half or two years to get there with or without a, a vaccine or take longer without the vaccine. But mm-hmm. so so I think as as businesses, as farmers, as ranchers, as organizations, we're going to be having to deal with this trying to figure out how we live with it for some time. Right, right. Tell, tell me, let's talk a little bit about uh, your background and, and this your business here uh, on the west side of Oklahoma City. You're actually, in other words, you're, you're a little bit unusual for an Oklahoma Farm Bureau president. You come from the metro, uh, the largest metro in the state. Uh, but you've uh, but you've really uh, established some pretty uh, pretty substantial bona fides as far as you know your your leadership and everything. What got you interested first of all in being involved with Farm Bureau way back when? Well, I I, I mean I started out as a 4-H kid at, uh, at at Paul's Valley, Oklahoma, and then when my family moved to Oklahoma City is when I, I really became an active 4-H member and. And uh, first probably became – my parents actually had been involved in Farm Bureau down in Garvin County. Mm-hmm. As, and it was called a different name then, but the predecessor of Young Farmers and Ranchers. And so I, I'd probably heard the name some of that. I didn't – I can't honestly say I really was aware of Farm Bureau till probably my high school years. And then the first time I really got involved is uh, – Years ago, there was a, uh, a, a, a we had an initiative petition effort to limit sales uh, to limit the growth of property taxes. Uh, to we were trying to limit it to three percent growth, and so we did an initiative petition, uh, got enough signatures, got it on the ballot, and had a had a big race. Our biggest supporter in that was uh, was Oklahoma Farm Bureau and Oklahoma Cattlemen's, and. Um, so I, from that time forward, I've been very involved in Oklahoma Farm Bureau. They were just amazing in the amount of time and effort, commitment, both monetarily and volunteerism they put into that. And and so I was so impressed by the by the folks I really worked with him by, side by side in that that I, I've been involved in Farm Bureau and, and many initiatives since then. And some years back, we, Farm Bureau had gone through some really tough times on the 
on the insurance side and was there there was a time it was probably questionable whether they were going to be able to to survive and and uh so there was a, a board vacancy at that time some folks talked to me about coming aboard i got involved in the board i don't know it was probably eight or nine years ago lost track of time but <laughs> but uh and, and then then ultimately moved into the presidency a couple years mm-hmm. ago and right. and but we're just blessed with the most amazing board i've worked with and i've been on hundreds of boards over the years and all kinds of different organizations but we're blessed with just amazing leadership and that that leadership has really turned the insurance company around and that's important to us because that's part of how we support the federation but our heart is really our heart and love is in the federation and the things the federation does to support uh, agriculture in rural Oklahoma. So, right. uh, before we get further, a little bit deeper into the Farm Bureau side of things, let's talk about American Plant. Yeah. Tell, tell me about this company. Okay. Well, my parents had a retail operation called Moselle's Hort Haven. It was existed for many years, uh, a few miles uh, east on Tenth. As as I got more involved in the business, I'd worked from from when I could walk, and the business started out as a truck cropping operation, then evolved into a greenhouse and garden center. And I wanted to move into wholesaling. Mom and Dad wanted to, wanted to keep focusing on their retail garden center and grow that and get get better. And I thought I was a smarty pants and knew better than they did. And they, they didn't want to do that. So I went off and started my own deal. And I found out they were pretty smart people as time went along. And what a challenge it is to start a new business. But uh, they they were very supportive of that as, as well, even though – I wasn't doing what they really wanted me to do, and mm-hmm. uh, but we gradually got that going. I helped pay my way through uh, through my studies up at OSU I, by uh, building terrariums, and then we got into uh, uh, growing the foliage plants that you use in terrariums, and then that, over time that's involved into a full houseplant production operation and, and wholesaling of houseplants to uh, garden centers and florists and and firms that are called interior scapers that, that decorate the inside of office buildings and car dealerships and banks. And and then then over time, that also involved into designing and building greenhouses and the supplies that, that growers use. And mm-hmm. so we we basically serve growers all, through, all throughout the state of Oklahoma and a little bit in the surrounding states. Now, you, you've, you've built uh, various greenhouses. In other words, you've actually done, designed and built greenhouses not just in Oklahoma but around the country. Uh, we actually our special especially your niche is is high as real sophisticated research greenhouses so in the last few months we've just finished a sugar beet research facility up at kimberly idaho we're uh, doing the new texas a&m greenhouses right now down at college station uh we're working on uh some greenhouses at, at oxford mississippi and some down at fort lauderdale florida that are uh, research greenhouses uh, down there, so so research and seed company greenhouses here in Oklahoma. Uh, probably our our couple of ones we're most proud of would be the Noble Foundation greenhouses down at Ardmore, which they they and what used to be the Monsanto operations at St. Louis are probably the two most sophisticated in the country. We didn't have the chance to do the Monsanto one, but we did Noble, and we're still very very proud of that. That's was cutting edge in mm-hmm. lots of ways, and that's help lead to a lot of these other projects and then we just had the chance to one that was especially important to, to us was just getting to do the new osu teaching greenhouses at at stillwater so so you've, you've done all of that uh, you've uh, been involved obviously on the uh, wholesale side of plants uh you know that uh, that that's an interesting uh, niche compared to traditional uh, uh cattle and wheat that so many of your farm bureau members are uh, are heavily involved in that's it, true. We're certainly a niche or, or specialty crop compared to a lot of mm-hmm. those, but I've grown up my whole life 
you know, close friends with 4-H and FFA kids that were my counterparts, and, and so learned about learned about those crops to some extent. Although mm-hmm. I'm a good generalist, Ron. I don't. <laughs> I may know a little bit about a lot of things and not much about anything. I guess is how I describe it. But uh, in, in actually, in a in a general farm organization like Farm Bureau, that's served me pretty good. As mm-hmm. you just have to realize which things you don't know, and you know when it comes to. Uh, the cattle issues, well, we reach out to our board members and, and members that we know are cattle experts and to Michael Kelsey at the Cattlemen's and pork issues. We've got lots of members that are involved in pork. We reach out to them and reach out to Roy Lee Lindsay at the Pork Dale. So that's been one of the things we're proud about is, is how we have strived to work mm-hmm. uh, work with all the other different ag organizations. I think it's there's so few of us left that are in ag as a percent of the economy that and politically that it's very important that we all – work together and so we viewed farm bureau's role as being an important catalyst in 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 doing that work with one another trying to encourage us all to work together right talking today with rod moselle from oklahoma farm bureau president of the organization and uh, heavily involved in the horticulture industry here in the state of oklahoma and we'll return with more on the road to rural prosperity with rod in just a few moments The Oklahoma Rural Water Association. They've been representing water and wastewater systems across Oklahoma since 1970. The Oklahoma Rural Water Association was formed to enhance the quality of life in rural Oklahoma through the development and delivery of services and programs for the benefit of ORWA members and the rural people they serve. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. Back on the road to rural prosperity, I'm Ron Hayes. And with us today, once again, Rod Moselle. Rod is with Oklahoma Farm Bureau, the president of the organization since 2017. Rod, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that you kind of stepped from the board and decided then to run for the office of president. That's quite a step up in commitment and time. How did you go about making the, the decision that you wanted to at least try to run? Again, sometimes just like the things we're facing now with COVID, sometimes when there's uh, when there's challenges or disruptions, or that's that's when you've got to decide wh- wh- how how to respond to those. And we mm-hmm. were we were facing some challenges at that moment at Farm Bureau that, um, and and so we had to had to decide how to respond to those. And and uh, one of my good friends, Jimmy Kinder, and I both decided that there needed to be some kind of change and. And we independently decided that, but we both got in, and so it created a, a three-way race for the for the presidency, and and uh, and, and in whichever one of, of us had, had made it through to the final round, I think we're going to be we're going to support each other to to see that we got a that we got a change and got got uh, Farm Bureau kind of refocused a, a little bit, and so um, it ended up that that I made it to the to the runoff and then prevailed in the runoff and and so we tried to tried to really work to get Farm Bureau back to the basics and to go back we kind of drifted from working with other ag groups we tried to get back to that 
uh, the idea of Farmville being a, a leader of the ag community and trying to work with everybody and bring everybody together and and um, so a, a number of fundamental changes like that and and uh, have worked really hard to, to rebuild our relationships with all of our state and federal political leaders so that so that we could concentrate on educating them we you know we have fewer and fewer of our political leaders that have ag backgrounds there's mm-hmm. a lot of them that have a grandparents that were in ag or great grandparents every one of them will have a story about somewhere in their <laughs> uh, somewhere in their family chain but fewer and fewer mm-hmm. that have had direct involvement so one of our important roles is to work on educating the folks when when we don't need them so that when we do have an issue where we need them that that door's open and we can get in to to make sure they understand why that issue is important to us or either onto the positive or the negative why why we mm-hmm. why why we've got to play offense on the issue or why we got to play defense on that issue so it seems that uh, you know when we think about Farm Bureau's role along with the other ag organizations we uh, down through the years have had a pretty good I guess the the uh, kind of the slang term for it was ag ag mafia and uh, it seems like the, it kind of was uh, had a few cracks in it there as you came in, and I know that's been one of your priorities to to kind of cement that back. And and we were so blessed that uh, Ron Justice, who's been a great friend and somebody I really truly admire for many many years, and in his work in Extension Service where I first saw him, and then at the state legislature as the Ag Committee Chairman. Uh, when we had uh, we had a vacancy in that public policy deal, and we were able to talk Ron to come back. He he went a uh, did fabulous in 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 helping build the foundation we were wanting to do of getting of getting all of agriculture back on the same page and mm-hmm. and uh, creating that atmosphere of working together. And and then we'd just been so excited that uh, Ron had told us he could only do a short period of time, and he was a big help in mentoring Steve Thompson and mm-hmm. and bringing Steve along, and Steve has continued to build on that uh, on that path that, that, that Ron had started us on, and so we're just, have been blessed with remarkable folks, and, and now we've got a team between uh, between Steve Thompson and Zach Schwartz, and uh, I just added Kaylee in the last uh, few weeks, who's mm-hmm. a superstar in the making. She's going to be fabulous to go with those other two and then we have the best rules and regulatory person maybe not just in agriculture but in any organization working any subjects in uh, marla peak marla she knows judicial decisions and rules and regulations she a lot of times agencies will call her to help explain the history of something or why it's important because uh, she just has so many years of knowledge and experience on things and so we're just so proud of that team we have in public policy now. It's it, it's unmatched in its depth and and quality of any place in agriculture, and 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 I think we're all doing a good job of working with all of agriculture. Now that you've obviously you've got good membership in our metro areas, the Tulsa County, Oklahoma County, uh, Comanche County as well. But but still, it's a it's a rural based organization. Farm Bureau is, and uh, you know. What what in your mind, looking out there, what what needs to be done to pursue excellence in in rural parts of our state going forward? And you know, what's what's Farm Bureau's plan to maybe try to do that? Well, there's I mean, there's no shortage of issues and no shortage of of opportunities, and and um, we got several several big issues. I guess we're focusing on number number one. We we have an age problem in agriculture, and I think all of us in agriculture. Recognize that um, you know our average age is over over sixty, and some some counties it's way over sixty. I mean, I'm 
I'm now well over that age, and when I go to meetings, there's still a lot of meetings. I can still be the youngest guy in the room sometimes. So, so we're we're working hard to support um, the 4-H and FFA programs. Uh, we're real excited. You've been a leader in the Oklahoma Ag Leadership Program. Uh, we think programs like Oklahoma Ag Leadership are critical. Uh, we've tried to build our Young Farmers and Ranchers Program. We're trying to build collegiate farm bureaus at the at the 12 colleges that teach agriculture, and we're trying to support those ag education programs every way we can. Our foundation's now offering some grants to each of those 12 colleges uh, for educate When the students at those schools will come up with an, an educational opportunity program, we'll match. If they come mm-hmm. up with $2,500, we'll match with another $2,500 to do local events with their students or with other students or with local school high schools to so we're, we just keep trying to think of ways we can in, encourage young people. The, the COVID deal has, when a lot of schools went remote, has pointed mm-hmm. out the huge disparity in broadband uh, between the urban areas and rural areas. So we've we've been all in trying to figure out a way to get the maps redone because the maps are, are wrong. There's It's showing coverage lots of places. There isn't coverage, and mm-hmm. therefore those areas are not available for the grants. Right. The federal government's all doing, so we've tried to be a leader in in the effort to redo those maps so that we can be more accurate on that. Kansas Farm Bureau has been a national leader, the national leader on that. And so we're trying to follow their footsteps and learn from what they've done. They had a good fortune to have one of their members' sons that's the head of the FCC. And so... So it's uh, so so they they've had an unusual contact that, and have gotten a good end yes and so they've got, they've gotten to uh, uh, they've gotten to be involved in doing a lot of sampling to figure out how accurate those maps are and so Kansas has become the model from the work between the FCC and the Kansas Farm Bureau that that now we're trying to figure out a way to bring that to Oklahoma and get get right. that improved in Oklahoma. I guess what broadband really is so essential. I mean, you talked about folks wanting to move back from some of these metropolitan areas. If we can't uh, provide that type of service to them, that we're we got a problem. And that can be the difference if somebody's moving back from California, whether they pick Yukon because it has broadband or Hinton or or Apache or wherever, based on whether there is or isn't mm-hmm. uh, communication coverage. Because there's a lot of jobs that this has proved you can do from anywhere if if you have the communication right. tools. So right. so that's that's and and a lot of our new farm equipment has to have. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's one of the things that, you know we point out even as they're talking about maps for the humans. It's not just maps for humans on where these new communication tools are at. It's the, the the tractors and dairy equipment and all kinds of things now need need to hook up and have speedy access to the internet. So, so you know, obviously that's that's very very important. You know, uh, we've got obviously some things that have popped up uh, even this year when it comes to uh, uh, the uh, the landscape in the state of Oklahoma. This uh, recent uh, Supreme Court decision that uh, ruled against Oklahoma in favor of the Creek Nation. Uh, what what are your worries? Are you you have some concerns about this, right? It's it's a huge issue to us and to our members. We've um, uh, you know a lot of folks have passed have had their land since statehood and their family and passed from generation to generation or several generations in many cases and in fact we were visiting with somebody yesterday who was saying they their their mother was born in Indian country and they they thought they were born in Oklahoma until just the last few days when they found out they were born in Indian country but <laughs> but, uh, but you know that the uh, the Supreme Court ruling on McGirt directly deals with the criminal mm-hmm. major criminal cases but there's a lot of fear and concern 
that additional cases could take that into whether there's uh, whether there's taxation, Indian taxation on the private lands. I don't think there's a question of of the title of the land itself from all the legal experts we've met to, but there is there is a lot of concerns about contracting between mm-hmm. folks and what, what courts those, especially one of those is an uh, Indian ancestry. Uh, what courts those those would be adjudicated in, uh, whether at some point in future cases, this case doesn't ca- cause the Montana ruling where there can be taxation of private lands by both the tribe and the state, but that's a possibility that we've mm-hmm. seen in Montana and other states. And so, so, so there's a lot of fear of the unknown. And so we're, we're very hopeful that the tone we've tried to take, there's no other court to appeal to. It's gone to the highest court. They've ruled against us. Uh, we, I had the good chance to be in leadership Oklahoma class with Chief Anatubby or, um, and, and, and know a few of the other Indian leaders and, and they're good Oklahomans and good Americans beside mm-hmm. being tribal leaders. So we have to hope that our state leaders, that the governor and attorney general and our other state leaders will, and the Indian leaders of the key tribes of our state will all see mutual mutual importance of coming to a decision to go to Congress, because I don't see any solution other than going to Congress to solve these issues. But right. we, So we're encouraging and wanting to be available any way we can to make sure we protect private property rights, that decisions are adjudicated and the state courts mm-hmm. and recognizing state primacy on on these issues. So. I guess what uh, yeah, obviously uh, uh, someone out on a farm or ranch in what is now Indian country, uh, water rights, mineral rights, all these things that kind of play into the uh, the worries. I'm sure. Where there there are a couple of precedents and. Back in early 2000s in a transportation bill, Senator Inhofe had gotten in some language on state primacy on environmental issues. We're hoping that might be a model for solving it on on some of the other deals. And the state is now moving to ask for that primacy from the EPA that was offered in that bill that passed Congress uh, back in, I think, 2006 or thereabouts. And and then the recent water agreement Mm-hmm. takes a lot of the water issues off the table because those have already been a uh, those have already been negotiated with the tribes and have gone through congress so so we we hope that we we hope that those two may be models for solving a lot of the issues but the, the, the unknowns cause lots of unease and things that you took for granted you take for <laughs> granted the land is under your feet and that we're in the state of Oklahoma and that you're by state law, and when those things are in the air, it causes lots of lots mm-hmm. of discomfort and uncertainty. And so, so we hope those things get solved uh, by good, reasonable uh, folks on all sides negotiating well and soon. Mm-hmm. For Farm Bureau, maybe maybe for yourself personally as well. You know, maybe, maybe as we kind of wrap up things, you know, what what's on your to do list? What what's out there that you feel that uh, needs to be done in the days ahead? Maybe as an organization, but but you know, yourself personally too. Um, well, the, our our big focus right now is trying to is trying to save as many farms and ranches as we can through these disruptions. So, anything we can do, education wise, sharing resources. Uh, you know, trying to match up the amazing talent that we have at OSU and in the land grant system, the extension system, with farmers that that may need it. Uh, any of the, we're blessed at AFBF to have just uh, an amazing ag economics team that's been looking at the markets, trying to get that information out to help 
people make wise decisions because so many of the decisions we make in agriculture have to be made months or even years ahead of time. And so trying to help with those things. Uh, a couple of my personal long-term dreams are to, to maybe get this rural venture fund up and going to help with uh, creating new new economic opportunities in rural Oklahoma. And I hope it will be one seed and many to uh, to help reverse the urbanization trend and to get to get uh, good jobs and good activity back in rural Oklahoma. Another dream is to get an OSU, uh, well, in this in our state it would be an OSU Ag Intern House in Washington, D.C., similar to the programs that Texas A&M and Texas Tech have had for so long. Many of the Ag Interns, even on our own congressmen and senators' staffs and committee staffs, are actually Texas A&M and Texas Tech kids because they have housing to, to do those interns. So we, we're, we're working to come up with folks who are interested in being in donors to either, um, in the best-case scenario, buy a house in Washington, D.C., or to rent apartments in D.C. so that we can increase the number of, of OSU Ag folks, uh, students that, that get the exposure to public policy, get the exposure to Washington, D.C., and hopefully create lifetime interest as, as being involved in these civic and political issues. And uh, So that's that's another another thing we're working on besides the big issues of, mm-hmm. of health care and rural broadband and so forth we've already talked about. Right. You know, when you, uh, when you think about uh, uh, Governor Stitt, of course, ran a couple of years ago uh, as to be governor, talked a lot about top ten outcomes, and he's still continuing to talk about that. How, how do you think Oklahoma, you know, is right now? Do you, are, are we making progress toward being a top ten state, you think, in a lot of the areas we need to be in? I think certainly the the mindset, the mindset and commitments here. It's the the coronavirus and COVID thing has certainly mm-hmm. uh, interrupted that and put us a little bit more in a survival mode for a period of time. But uh, Oklahomans are have always been innovative, and if we'll, you know, it's out of these disruptions. Sometimes we can figure out ways to innovate, whether it's changes in how the beef market goes and creating more small. Packers and more, so we do more of the value added here in state on all of our different ag crops. We, you know, for so many crops, we're big producers, but we have so little value added on. Uh, we don't we don't have enough Shawnee Mills and enough Lopez Foods and so forth across our state. So we're hunting for ways to to finish more of the process on our ag crops in in Oklahoma. Um, so, uh, you know, so I I love the enthusiasm that the governor and lieutenant governor have on this subject and am hopeful that it'll help inspire lots of new innovation and right and and so forth but it's it's going to be a it's a challenge with the extra the extra things we face and right now our state has our two most significant heritage industries and biggest economic industries with agriculture and oil and gas both on the ropes a little mm-hmm. bit so it, it 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 makes it it makes it a greater challenge to to do a bunch of the things that we want to get done. I guess challenges always, though, lead to opportunities, we hope. that's And that's what we're trying to try to look for the positive side of this and for the mm-hmm. chances to to do new things that hopefully will be breakthroughs or create new new uh, new industries and new opportunities. Okay. Rod, thank you for your time today. We've been talking with Rod Moselle, president of Oklahoma Farm Bureau and a president of the American Plant Services as well here on the west side of Oklahoma City. On the road to rural prosperity, I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, 
RuralProsperityOK.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies.